0: Hello, I'm Faye Waterman, the Conversation Curator, and this is What's Your Superpower, the podcast. And my guest today is Pooja Pilkar. And Pooja is a director at Time Fix. She is also a habit change coach, a mum and a wife, and so much more. But we'll get to know about what Pooja does.
1: Welcome, Pooja, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Faye. I'm so glad to be on your podcast. I think this is the second time you're having a conversation, so it'll be fun. Yes.
0: I think the last time was on my radio show, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes, a while back. Yeah. We'll talk more about that. Now, Pooja, you uh, and you are working in the time fix area, but you're also, and you specialize in habit change. Yes. And how difficult is it to get people to change the habits that are so ingrained in them? What is it? Explain a little bit of your background and then talk
1: about what you actually do. Sure. So um, to, to put it succinctly, I come from a corporate background. So I have worked in high compliance industries like banking and insurance. And um, I, my main roles within those were obviously in the customer service space, but also I would um, help my team members um, understand any changes that would come about or anything new that was introduced that needed training and coaching or support in general for the team members to adopt it within the workplace was something that indirectly was kind of handed over to me. So I would I would roll it out for the rest of the team and be there as a support to accept that change. Now, throughout that journey, I found that I was very good at picking up change and accepting it really quickly and and rolling with it and implement it fairly quickly. Uh, but a lot of people around me, I found always struggled or or found it difficult to adopt anything new that came to them Um, and that got me thinking because I also have a little bit of a teaching background. I used to teach languages to people whose first language was not even English so um, I have been in that situation where learning something new can be a big challenge so that got me to thinking as to why. And when I started exploring that a little bit more, I came across the entire world of coaching. And throughout that coaching, understanding the world of coaching, I found um, I found a course that talked about habit change and what is involved around habit change. And what does it take for a person to either implement a new habit or change a habit that they that doesn't serve them anymore and when I found that I it literally opened my eyes to the fact that it is very hard for someone to either accept something new or roll with it or to change what is already existing they may or may not know it's not serving them or it's not it's not to their purpose anymore and it becomes really hard to accept that as a human being. So anything that does not work, to be confronted by that is already very emotionally hard for a person to see. And uh, then to go and accept that and then to go and change it is a very long drawn out process. And it can be very tiring and stressful. So um, that's where where, uh, it started becoming really a passion for me. It's interesting, isn't
0: it, because you, you said a lot of things there and I could see a lot of superpowers in there where you yeah. recognise things about other people that you can help them and support yeah. them with and give them the confidence to be able to have the ability to make the changes that they need to make. Yeah. But also you you work with people and I find it really interesting because we as humans develop habits that we don't realise that we're doing until exactly. someone else makes us aware of it and then we, we take the process or start the process of making the changes which you support them with. But that, can, as you said, can be a long road. It can be yes. a difficult road. It can be one that, that you think, well, why should I change that habit? i do it okay with it as, as it is, but <laughs> how funny. much better would it be
1: if I changed it to something else? Exactly. So um, if you notice in my languaging, I don't say a bad habit or a good habit. I absolutely do not like to say that because I feel that the words good and bad are social constructs. It's something that somebody else tells us that this is good for you and that is bad for you. And we kind of want to roll with other people's definition of what is good and bad. So um, I always like to say habits that serve me and habits that don't serve me. Mm -hmm. And over a period of time, as we evolve as humans or as we grow as humans or as we go through different life cycles or circumstances, there are always going to be habits that continue to serve you and habits that don't serve you anymore—they um, could have served you in the past, but there comes a point where they don't serve you anymore, either for health reasons or it's not serving—it's not serving where you are heading in life, or it's not serving your your career, or or your mental health pathway, or whatever it is that you are trying to achieve in life. There could be habits that don't serve you anymore, and. It's at that point where you have to recognize that maybe I have a couple habits or three habits or four habits, whatever it is, or things that I do that don't help me anymore to where I want to go. Now, the reason why we can't recognize these habits and we need somebody else to tell us or point out is because they are so automatic. Mm. They are so subconscious at a subconscious level. You do them without putting any thought to them. And then... And then when something doesn't work out or something is not working out or you have been doing the same thing over and over again subconsciously and things are not working out the way you want it to work out is when that introspection needs to start to happen is what am I doing that nothing seems to work? And that's where then the habits start to come to the surface. And that's when they come to conscious level. And that's when you need someone who can hold your hand into trying to put steps in place or become that accountability buddy that tells you, have you been doing what you said you're going to do? Have you have you kept that consistency alive? Have you, how long have you been doing it? What do you need to change? Let's re- introspect, let's retrospect. All of that has to happen before you can even start to see any glimpse of a change coming through. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it is a long drawn out process. It, and the first thing is to recognise it, but there there can be
0: lots of fear around making changes yes. into something that's unknown, but you know is going to be better for you, because habits can be formed before we're even born in the womb. Absolutely. Absolutely. And- and then we grow in the first seven years, we develop habits, we develop things in that first seven years which we can take on into our adulthood and not even realise it until such time that there could be an incident or, you know, you could be in a course which you're running, puja, and they go, oh, i do that and that is the
1: first
0: first thing and their recognition is but why do I do that and then the questions can start coming as well and what you do is define it clarify it and give them some clarity around how it came about yeah how it can be changed but it's absolutely
1: they're not overnight changes are they no, and, and there's the entire myth around habits take 21 days to form or change um is completely mythical because it can take anything from 21 days to 256 days to implement a habit or change a habit because it depends on the strength of that habit that you have. How long have you had that? How long have you been doing it? Uh, why have you been doing it? All of those things fall in place why do you need to change it as well because there has to be a purpose to change something you don't just go about waking up one day and say i need to change that but why why do you need to change that you need to define all of these things um in order for you to then start accepting that okay maybe it's time to take the first step and also another thing that i find that people people do is they take on too much change at one one time. And then nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Because you want to change 10 things at a time and you want it done overnight. And well, human brain doesn't work that way. Human brain can take on only three changes at a time, at the most. Even that is a big challenge.
0: Yeah. And so we can tend to become overwhelmed if we try to change too much at once, yes. can't we?
1: Yes, it is overwhelming and most people will be overwhelmed because not only are you trying to change or overhaul a lot of things, it has to also fit in into your daily life. Uh, you still have to live, you still have to look after a family, you still have to go to work, you still have to feed your pets or walk them or whatever it is that you need to do to live a normal life, you still have to go about that motion but then you're trying to add in 10 other things that you need to change on top of it it can start to become very overwhelming because then suddenly you find yourself overhauling everything that you think you need to do and that can affect the way you're living in the first place and that is too much to take on mm. and, and and it's about you
0: know looking at the whole thing and looking at the actual habit that that they either want to change or they need to change to improve their life. But it's all about looking at it and seeing the end result, but chunking it down and working through a process so that they can do a little bit at a time and they can actually feel the changes being made and how much better that they feel as they progress.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They need to they they need so in in any process of change you have to implement something then go back and review uh, adjust uh, re- restart keep the consistency go back and review adjust again and again remembering that any process is open to um, modifications you cannot say that this is the path i'm taking And I cannot change anything, and I can't move away from it. And I can't, it's not something that's written in stone. You should feel that you are in control of how this is going to pan out. And that is the most important thing. If you have moved towards something and it hasn't worked out the way you thought, take two steps back to review it so that you can go four steps forward. That's how it should you should one should be thinking about it. Yeah. And not overwhelming yourself and and being
0: and focusing, focusing on it, but not over focusing on it or not overdoing things. Because you're not only um I have to say affecting yourself if you become overwhelmed but you're affecting the people around you, the people that are closest to you. So if it's a big change that you need to make or you want or choose to make, then you have to do it in small chunks so that you're not affecting your life as much or the people that are surrounding you because it it can be quite frustrating for the people around you if you're doing something but doing it
1: not in the way that it's
0: meant to be done
1: absolutely because uh remembering that we we play uh, roles in a lot of people's lives so anything that you are doing or wanting to do can really have a ripple effect into everything else so um allowing yourself permission to take it slow allowing yourself permission to not get it right in the first go allowing yourself or being kind to yourself in general along the process because it's very it's not easy um confronted by something that you don't do well is something that most humans don't like accepting or admitting and um around that there can be quite a bit of an emotional journey in that involved as well so it is okay to feel um, a little bit emotional along the way and allowing yourself that ability to kind of grieve because even if a, if something doesn't serve you, even if it's a habit that doesn't serve you and letting go of something is going to be a similar to a grieving process. It's going to be a little bit hard. It's going to be a little bit emotional. It's going to be uh, coming to a place where you will deny that Denial and also um, anger, and all of those things will come because you're suddenly putting things in place, and but at the same time, letting something go. And it's never an easy process, no. And particularly if
0: you've had a habit for such a long time that you've not realized or you've taken it for granted. I mean, it's like getting out of bed in the mornings, which what yeah. you put on the floor? Which foot do you which leg do you use to put on your undies or your slippers yes. or how which hand do you brush your teeth with? I mean, they're all habits,
1: but we don't they think are. of them as habits, do we? No, no, we don't because they are so automatic and they live at the subconscious level. So we and that's the power of habits as well. At the same time, your brain needs them because you cannot focus on something that is more important than just wearing your clothes um, throughout the day because you make that many decisions a day and if you were to make a decision about each and everything throughout the day then you would feel tired that's your brain's way of conserving energy and that's why habits become important and that's why people who are unwell or need help with the basic routine of life or or unable to perform them in in a way that is easy, find themselves getting tired more because they have to consciously put in effort in doing the basic motions that require them to go through the day. The brain is using all of that energy. So it does become tiring and that's where habits become very important. It's interesting, isn't it? When, when you
0: said that, you
1: know, you, you you can be it can be very
0: exhausting. It's like when you use your brain, you can become as tired as if you're doing physical activity. It's only a, a different form yes. of energy being used, but it's all energy, and our brain can make us tired through all the thoughts and the processes and everything that's going exactly through. as. It can if you're doing a physical activity. Absolutely,
1: it does. Now, give um, I would encourage people to just try and see if the days that they use their brain power the most, say, for example, if they're studying something really heavy or they've read a book that is very um, uh, full of information or they have taken on too much information throughout the day you will feel physically tired because you have used your brain power constantly to focus on something that you need to either learn or need to adapt as a skill or any of that. And you do feel like you want to go to bed in the end of the day. Oh. Oh. So, so when
0: you, can you give some examples of some habits that you've actually helped people change? You don't need to mention names or anything, but yeah. How how they've they've come to the awareness of the habit and how you've helped them change it, and what was their behaviour like as those
1: changes were were being made? So, um, look throughout uh, in my current um, role as a director of the Time Fix, what we do is we work with. Uh, businesses and their teams to become more productive so most of my work revolves around um, sometimes individuals but not so much it revolves around team habits and how it affects them in the workplace throughout this work what we have realized that there are some common habits that people have around how they function so one of the things that we have noticed is everybody has some habit of how they will take a break or how they will refocus in their work or how they think about work in the first place so thoughts can be habits too and we don't realize that they are actually a way of your way of thinking is a habit um so um what we have what we have realized throughout throughout our journey is that when we point these things out to them, they don't even know that that's what they have been doing. So so, uh, from there, the change is going to be, once you're aware, you can do something about it. So bringing something to awareness is the first step. Um, The second second step is to kind of create um, a sort of an intention around it. So say, for example, you would say, um, um before i come to work i'm going to go for a walk so something something to that effect so that i can become a bit more uh focused throughout the work because sometimes some people even though it'll be fresh in the morning they cannot focus because they have had a rough night or they have not woken up on the right side of bed or whatever have you 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 want to change that 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 habit where you come to work and you're still not feeling up to it or anything like that so you want to put in something before work so you would say before i come to work i'm going to go for a walk for example i'm just saying something here as an example um and once you've done that you have to make sure that you follow through consistently all right what that means is that you don't have to be hard around that either because when i say consistently it means nine out of 10 times that activity has to happen if it doesn't happen once when it doesn't happen twice that's fine because life happens you could feel unwell one day you could your child would be unwell one day or or something's gone wrong with your car which needs attention or there's an emergency that's happened at work where you have to rush off. So these things will happen. So when I say consistently, it does not mean that it has to be like hard and fast, have to happen, it doesn't matter whether the earth is blowing up or not, uh, I have to do it. Uh, it has to be nine out of 10 times you have to be following through. So when your question was very relevant, so what we have noticed is that when when these things are start starting to put in place, We become kind of an accountability buddy because we go back and say, well, you said X, Y, Z last time. How did you go today? Uh, What what worked? What didn't work? Let's review. um, What do we need to adjust and things like that? And there have been times when suddenly a wall will go up and say, but this doesn't work that will happen. Because again, like I said, it's really hard to be confronted by something. Um, And that's where it becomes, it becomes our job to again, evaluate why wouldn't it work? What is going on? What is this emotion coming from? What is the hurdle? Where is it coming from? All of those things have to start to happen. And it usually goes down a path of very interesting conversations that, that goes really deep within that person now that's a completely different skill set um while i can work with uh, habit change and taking you to a place that might be emotionally hard um i have to just say that i'm not not trained to go anywhere deeper um that could be coming from something in the childhood that's Mm. when i do need other help but um generally this is how it all comes about and it does not always have to go that deep sometimes it is just something that you just don't want to do (laughs) Mm because because you just can't be bothered (laughs) or Or, something like that yeah oh because they've been doing it all the time and it's easy so they don't want to complicate it anymore complicated exactly so it's just overcoming those little barriers and hurdles and objections that you tell yourself Mm. and A habit is something that you do, which I would
0: say is repetition. You say consistency, repetition, the same thing. But when you're learning a new habit, you've got to have that repetition to go over and over it so that it gets from your conscious mind into your subconscious mind so it becomes eventually automatic. But when you're working with people in the workplace, what you're doing also is you're you're evaluating situations you're evaluating people on a on a certain level but you're also dealing with different personalities and behaviors Absolutely. who have different habits which might be annoying to this person sitting next to you or they might do something they might tap their pen or it could be and they wouldn't even know that they're doing it but we can no. be annoying To other people with a habit that
1: we have that we don't know we have exactly exactly and in the workplace it is even more relevant so there are certain behaviors that can come across as fidgety because they'll stand up 10 times they'll sit down 10 times they might have 15 or 20 tabs open and they you think like they're they're wasting time flitting from one tab to the other and Uh, not really accomplishing anything at the end of the day because not one task is finished. Everything is done halfway. Um, And that's, again, a habit that um, certain behaviors will have. Now, recognizing those behaviors and why they do that is also equally important, whereas there could be some some behaviors in which they are so focused on the one task that there could be a pile of 10 tasks on their to-do list which have not even started yet because they are so focused on getting that one thing done so perfectly that they can't bring themselves to start onto something else that could be more pressing um so these are certain things that have to be recognized within the workplace now people who are fidgety all the time they do that because they have they are feeling the need for variety they need variety in their life they need to go and have that water cooler conversation with the others they need to have those those uh, lunches with the team members, whereas people who focus on that one task and getting that perfect don't need any of that. They just need to be left alone. Um, they need to be allowed need to be allowed to finish what they're doing. Because once you take them out of their focus, cost them twenty six minutes to come back into that focus. So recognizing all of this is very important, so that you don't cramp each other's style. Why, why does it take, you know, when you 26 minutes,
0: once you get a distraction and it takes you approximately 26 minutes to get back into refocusing on what you're doing. I know when I do things or if I think, oh, I need to get up and move, I'll go and make myself a coffee or a, or a cup of tea or something like that, and then I'll come and sit back down and I'll continue on. That's probably a habit for me because, you know, when you're sitting looking at a screen all the time and you think I've just got to get away from the screen so I'll go and do something, I might walk out into the garden or something like that. But we do things that we actually are not aware of a lot of the time that yeah. other people see but we don't see it because it is a habit that we have. Exactly. exactly. Puja? With your superpowers, there's I can see lots of them there, and I say one of them is recognising people where they're at and how they can change something to make what they're doing easier for them because there could be some habits that they have that are making things hard for them and they're not realising why they're so difficult but yeah. you come in and look from the outside in and you can see it immediately, something that they uh, because we do it all the time, we don't we don't recognize it. But then you come in and you see it and then you have that conversation with individuals or groups or teams. and they'll all start talking about, oh yes, yeah, such and such does this and such and such does that but they don't see what they're doing until someone else says something about them exactly i would imagine the conversation
1: would be rather interesting at times they it does it it does get very interesting and it does get um um well i do have this ability to kind of say things in a way that is not confrontational so it it's not about what it's not about finger pointing or yeah. any of that it's about suggesting them doing something differently so that it can help in in the wider circle and usually human beings are are community minded people they generally a human being does not like to be an inconvenience for another human being if they are then it's it's um It's not known to them. They don't really realize that that's what's happening. So when you put the different perspective on things and you say that maybe what you're doing is not helping the team or it's not working out or you say it in a way that is a little bit more constructive feedback, then most human beings are willing to take the effort of changing something. So it's it's how you say it is very important. Um, And that's where the conversation starts to go down the very interesting path. (laughs) And I would
0: would say that, you know, when people start recognising these things and those conversations, they can get a little bit heated, I suppose, at times. But you have the ability to keep the calmness within the conversation, within the room, so that people don't get out of sorts. Because I think once where the word told comes up, but it's not even that. Once uh, it is recognised within you that you can't, or you've got this habit and it's not, it's not the way it could be done, it could be made easier so that because in a team you're a cog in a wheel and each person has something to do. So if that person has a habit of delaying, what the next person, the next person, and the next person need to do, it delays everything. And and you would get them to recognise all these things. It's not just about the habits as such. It's about their abilities. It's about their awareness of how they affect the other people in the team and the pro- productiveness of whatever
1: they're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. And and um, once you. Once you start pointing these things out, then people start having these light bulb moments um, and say, oh, that's why that person was not very happy when I tapped them on the shoulder. (laughs) And that's why that person wasn't happy when I said, no, I don't want to go out for a coffee. Or um, that's why... um, I think that person does not like too much of data entry because it means they have to just sit in one place and keep doing the one task all the time. Or um, I didn't I didn't realize that that person does not want to be rude or abrupt. It's just the way they are. They're not trying to be rude, but they can, don't require details. And it starts to kind of, you can see in their eyes that those cogs have started to churn and they have started to recognize each other's ways of being or in each other's ways of doing things and it's it's there's a new level of respect that comes out of all of these things that that starts making a team more cohesive and willingness to work together and things like that yeah and so what would you say one of
0: your real strengths one of your real superpowers is as i said you have lots because when you're working with people and you're working with teams there's a lot of ability within your your role to recognize to be able to help people make the changes without making them feel feel like they're inferior or whatever that may be or it's too tough because you have the ability to give them the confidence to go about making these changes and letting them know that you've got their back yes, support them through the process. Yes. What would be one of the superpowers that you you
1: recognise within that realm there? What I have, um, and this has been one of my superpowers with or without where I am as a profession or professionally, um, I have found strangers willing to confide in me. Um, people I've never met in my life before or have never talked to them before are willing to tell me their life story for some reason. I I Along the way, along my life, I have collected a lot of life stories along the way. And um, I don't know what it is. I have had random people on trams and trains tell me about themselves. Um, And I think that is one of the things that people somehow intuitively are confident that what they say to me is not going to be judged or it's not going to be used as a gossip or it's not going to be spread or it's not, for some reason, they feel like they can talk to me and they open up very easily. So um, I have a funny story around that. One time I was traveling in a tram and I had this lady sit next to me and I was wearing my Indian Indian dress at the time because it was a beautiful day. And um, I knew I could wear it because I won't be cold or whatever. It was nice and bright and I was wearing that. And for some reason, she thought I was a religious person and she thought she could, Kind of talked to me and she told me all of her life story about how she went through a divorce and how she's asking for alimony from her husband for her daughter and everything in that 45 minutes of tram ride from Camberwell to the city. I knew exactly why she got divorced and I had the entire life story. (laughs) And then I had this odd piece of advice from her as well. Make sure if you're married, don't let your husband go around any French woman because they're still men i'm like okay i'll keep that in mind
0: <laughs> i I'd, I'd say one of your superpowers is is your listening ability yes your ability to hear yes and and exude
1: that feeling of trust yes yes that's exactly what it is because um People tend to trust me with their deepest secrets and darkest secrets. Um, And, um, yeah, I just have that ability to listen to them without judgment or anything. But you obviously give off that aura
0: of a trust or a kind, is it a kindness that they get that feel about you, that you have a kindness, that you've got a good ear to listen because they may not have anyone else to talk to.
1: As absolutely, one. absolutely, and that that was true when I worked in the bank as well, um, at, at the as a teller in the bank. Um, uh, there are very few tellers nowadays because
0: you shame, can do things,
1: shame. which is a shame. But I was a teller in the past in the bank, and um, every second Thursday we used to have these beautiful older people who had to update their passport because their pensions would go in. It's It it exists in their account, but they f- they forget that it exists in their account until they see it on their passbooks. So they would come in to update their passbooks, etc. And they would spend 10, 15 minutes just chatting and telling me about the two weeks that went by. And some of them were regulars who would wait for me uh, even if they had to wait for half an hour, they would wait, and it was just beautiful. Um, how many beautiful people I get got to meet along along the way. It's interesting, isn't it? Because
0: as I just said a moment ago, that you give out this aura, this feeling of trust, and being able to listen and hear, and and really
1: focus on what they're saying, so yes. they feel heard. Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly what human beings need. They don't need anything else, but knowing that what they are saying is going to be um, heard. Heard, heard and it's going to be, it's that my focus and for those five, 10 minutes are going to be them. Everything else can be conveyed. Yeah. So most people need that, that somebody is going to make them their priority in that moment. Mm in that
0: moment and that that is what it is when you work with people what is it that what do you get from it what is it that the feeling the emotion that you get when you see the changes in somebody how is it what does it make you feel like what do you does it what make you want to do more and more with more people?
1: What is it? um, it's the it's the knowledge that um that I have a small part to play, a play in in anything good that might come out of them talking to me in the in the larger life, knowing that I may have played a small part then somewhere. Um, knowing that I may have contributed to something good that might come out of come out for them. Um, knowing that um, that the outcomes that they might have, um, I may have had a small hand in it as well. So that knowledge is is very powerful. Um, it's very it's very gratifying. And you feel grateful that you've been given a chance to do that. So that's what I love about what I do. Mm. So I'm just going to go through and you can add
0: to, because the recognition of your superpowers is that you have the ability to work with people yes. on a level where they're comfortable, they're yeah. not intimidated. Yeah. You see, what they don't see in themselves so it's It's, what I say is that you you see the habit that they have but you also see a magic and a brilliance in them that can change that habit to make their life better yeah you also have the ability to keep the room calm particularly if people are getting heated in when you're having that conversation or a discussion around different things that are happening and because of the personalities and the behaviors are so vast and different in a workplace and there's no two people the same you you manage to keep keep a calmness but also uh, a definiteness of achieving yes within that group as well you have good listening skills and you have an aura of kindness around you, so that people feel comfortable approaching
1: you. Yes,
0: yeah. am yeah. I on the right track for this?
1: Absolutely piece? on the right track. And what I also um, think I am able to do is, while while I allow people to say what they need to say and and express themselves, or or talk about things i always bring them back to what's important because it's very most people love to live in the past they want to kind of reminisce and they want to uh, use that as a reference point in what's going to happen it's very important to bring them out of that headspace and have them focus on now and today and what they have in control today rather than what didn't work out in the past because you can't change anything that happened in the past. You can't. There's no time travel yet. (laughs) So you can't. So what you can do is constantly bring them back into the present and say, all right, that happened, but how can we do it differently now? What can we do it now? So bringing them back constantly into the now so that the then tomorrow and the day after might work out a little bit better. Yeah. It's very important.
0: Yeah, it's amazing when you when you have a conversation with someone and and you recognise the superpowers that they have um, and even draw more out because yeah, th- there's so much more to you, Puja than we've had this conversation there is so much more to you and I think there's another conversation to be had at some definitely stage, definitely some, some stage but I thank you for today and sharing your wisdom your skills and your expertise with with us and hopefully the listeners enjoy listening to what you've been saying and Finding out more about who you are and how you can actually help people who need or are looking for someone to help them. So, thank yes. you,
1: Suja. Thank you, Faye. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, and it's always fun chatting with you too. It's always thank, nice.
0: Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm I'm Faye Waterman, the conversation curator, and this has been another What, what? Superpower podcast. I'll be back again soon. Bye for now.